Hello and welcome to another Hack Report. I'm Lola Lawal. Now, in our last podcast, we were talking about starting as a journalist and gaining experience in the industry. But this time, we're going to take things a little bit further away from home by talking about being a journalist in Syria and Lebanon. One of our hack reporters, Venetia Rainey, has been working as a sub-editor in Lebanon for a year now. So later on in this report, she'll be talking to us about that and what it entails. But first, Catherine Purvis interviews Sonny Patel, who first stumbled into journalism in a war zone. He was recently featured in a Vice article entitled, I went to Syria to learn to be a journalist and failed miserably at it whilst almost dying a couple of times. Here's what he had to say when Catherine asked him if he'd ever considered a more traditional route into journalism. Um, no. Um, the thing is, um, it's, it's an idea that would foster, festered in my mind for like since I was like 18, 19. But at that age, I wasn't, I probably wouldn't say as brave as I am now. Um, I think I've grown in confidence since. But at that point, I was just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to go to um, university and study, get a law degree. And I said, I want to do something else. I want to go traveling, do teaching. I didn't think I had the confidence to do that when I did that. And I thought, you know what? You would kind of thought about becoming a journalist. Why is it not possible for you to do that? And I didn't feel like um, I had the time to actually go through traditional routes, as in do a degree, uh, work for local newspapers. And I, there was also the other thing, the other side to it was that it's so competitive. And I believe with a lot of the professions, especially with journalism, as you can see from my vice piece, everybody's paying attention to that. Uh, because it was so different from what the other journalists were doing. Everybody, the journalists would go out and they would probably report on number, the toll of deaths or any sort of um, the latest ups- updates on the on the civil war, and people probably wouldn't pay attention to it. Um, take for example um, Iraq. There's car bombs and things like that going off in Basra and Baghdad all the time, but people get bored of seeing the same kind of story all the time. And same goes for Syria as well. When I went there, um, it was how long was it? It was about two years into the war. And you'd find the stories about Syria in the back pages, almost in the back pages. People weren't paying any attention to it. And all of a sudden, my piece came up. And people were like, wow, okay, this is slightly different. This, this crazy guy's just gone inside to get his account of the war, what's actually going on. And in a sense, a lot of people just criticized me for being selfish and a bit reckless. But the good thing that came out of that was that I got people's attention. People started focusing on the war again. That's the reason why I decided I'm not going to choose for traditional routes because you've got to do, sometimes you've got to be reckless and crazy because that's the only way you're going to stand out. That was Sonny Patel there speaking to Catherine about his experiences in Syria. So if you listened to our last hack report, then you would have heard one of our reporters, Rachel, in Australia talking about her experiences of working in community radio. This time, however, we're going to cross over to Lebanon as Venetia Rainey talks to us about life as a sub-editor. If you told me that I was going to spend my first year in Lebanon working as a sub-editor, I would have told you that you were crazy. It was reporting I wanted to do, not editing. There was no way I was going to spend a whole precious year living abroad going through other people's copy rather than writing my own. Turns out it was for the best. And here's why. Working as a sub-editor took up most of my time and energy. I worked mostly night shifts that ended between 9pm and midnight, eight hours a day, five days a week. I managed to fit in quite a bit of freelancing, but the subbing job definitely forced me to slow down. That was a good thing because Lebanon is ridiculously complicated. After reading the local news every day, everything from the big to the little, the boring to the interesting, 
I had a much, much better grasp on the country's history, political players, geography and social movements than I did before. There's no way I would have read all those stories if I hadn't been forced to. And not only did I read nearly every story that went into the paper, but I also got to pick my Lebanese colleagues' brains on what it all meant. While I didn't always enjoy having to read a dozen updates on the nitty-gritty of the local electoral law, I'm willing to bet most other people didn't bother at all. That sort of in-depth knowledge of a country, area or beat is indispensable and can give you the edge over competitors. Working as a sub also allowed me to confront what works in writing and what doesn't. If you've ever tried to edit your own work, you'll know how hard it is to disentangle yourself from your own thoughts of how it reads, sounds or looks. My boss once explained this to me by saying that you use different parts of your brain to write and edit, and she wasn't wrong. Having a whole year's worth of editing practice has made doing both much easier for me. I nearly always end up restructuring my stories to make them flow better now, something I wasn't comfortable doing before. Subbing also forces you to interrogate your language more harshly. Does that word really mean what you want it to? Is that modifier in the right place? And could that sentence be less vague? You also grow to appreciate the beauty of brevity. Enough said. A year ago, I would have left all that stuff for editors to deal with, but now I do it myself, and I think my writing is much clearer for it. Hopefully, it should also make me more popular with the subs desk in future jobs, a crucial team to win over if you don't want your copy annihilated before it gets published. Finally, it gave me a reliable outlet for my writing. I used my time as a sub to get to know the editors of all the sections and figure out what sort of stories they wanted. I may not have had a reporter in my job title, but I could pitch whenever I wanted, and getting feedback was a doddle. Sure, subbing doesn't sound that glamorous, but the things you'll learn will stick with you forever, I promise. And if you think of it as a slightly less competitive route into a newspaper, magazine or website, it's actually a no-brainer. Who knows, you may even grow to enjoy it like I did. That was Venetia Rainey there speaking to us about the benefits of working as a sub-editor. Now don't forget, if you missed Venetia's intro video or any of the videos from our new wannabe hacks team, then you can catch up on these videos by logging onto our YouTube channel, which is simply wannabe hacks. On our channel, you'll find a variety of other videos such as vlogs, work experience advice and interviews. So make sure you subscribe for more content which will be out soon. Now, let's catch up on everything that's been going on this week. Here's Catherine Purvis with the news. Regional weekly newspaper, the Liverpool Post, will close next week after bringing news to Merseyside for nearly 160 years. The Trinity Mirror title will print its last edition on Thursday, but a company spokesperson has said that no jobs will be lost. The Sun announced 170,000 subscribers to its Sun Plus digital service following the launch of its paywall in August. The tabloid reached 100,000 paying readers in just four months, but analysts say the paper needs at least 250,000 subscribers to cover the loss of online advertising and money spent on deals such as Premier League football highlights. In a speech to staff at the BBC, the new head of news, James Harding, urged for further commitment to curious, inquisitive journalism in the public interest. The former editor of The Times praised staff for courageous reporting of difficult stories and added that BBC News should focus on playing to its strengths in accountability journalism. November was a great month for online news sites with Us vs Them and BuzzFeed reporting 7 million and 130 million unique visitors respectively. BuzzFeed reported that more people visited its sites last month than in the first four years of its existence. And the BBC and CNN are staying ahead of the technology curve by deploying drone cameras to gather footage for broadcasts. The BBC used the cameras to capture aerial footage of a protest rally in Bangkok, while CNN used the drones to survey damage from Typhoon Haiyan in the Philippines. That's your Wannabe Hacks News. I'm Catherine Purvis.
I'm afraid that's all we have time for in this edition of The Hack Report. If you haven't already, then make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where you can get more of our content on a daily basis. I'm Lola Lavoie, and you've been listening to The Hack Report.